Oh, it's good to be here, Bethesda, and happy Mother's Day. There is nothing quite as terrifying as speaking at your home church because, you know, you don't leave from there. And so it can be quite difficult. But thank you, Pastor Dan and Becky. I just think we have some of the best pastors on the planet. Can we give them a hand? We honor you today. We thank you so much. Yes, I have three sons. Evan is 17, Gideon is 16, and Lincoln turns 11 tomorrow. So he's, so pray for me. You know, he's at home battling the stomach flu, and so dad is there with you. So love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. But I am very aware that all of us come to Mother's Day with various experiences, right? For those of you who are moms of adult children, you find yourself in the tension of gratitude for all that God has done while you let go and watch them live their lives and make their own choices. Um, Some of you have children that you're praying for. They may be a little bit further from God and you are claiming God's promises of salvation over your family. Some of you, like we saw Haley this morning, are soon-to-be moms, and you are living in both excitement of what is to come and sheer terror that you will drop that bundle on the way up the stairs. I've been there. (laughs) No, I didn't drop them on the stairs. Some of you are not yet moms. You are holding on to a hope that is not yet realized. Some of you are moms who have lost a child, and today you may be flooded with both painful and joy-filled memories. Some of you are like me, you are moms that are right in the middle, and you are holding on to God's word for dear life. (laughs) As you watch your children grow and guide them into a world that just seems so disoriented. Some of you are mentors that are like moms and you may not have had a child of your own, but today you are celebrated by those who have gained so much from your wisdom and the love that you have shared so freely. Some of you are moms with young children and today you did good to shower and show up. So props to you. You deserve a nap this afternoon. I'm grateful to have my mom with me today. She's sitting right back here near the back. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. So mom, I thank you and I honor you today for the way you've taught me to never, ever give up. If you have a child of your own or have been around littles at all, then you know that sometimes children become very attached to certain items that they have. I know that was true at the Davis house. Every single one of our boys, whether it was a blanket or a toy, a stuffed animal, something that was particularly close to them, they became really attached to an item. But Lincoln, my littlest son, had a particular attachment to a stuffed bear. One of the ladies in our church bought him this bear, brown bear, you can see him right there, on an excursion to the dollar store when he was just little, just barely even walking. And Lincoln affectionately named this stuffed bear 
bear. Very appropriate, I thought. And he went everywhere with him. He was completely attached. He was our best friend. He came with us on vacations. He went grocery shopping with us. There was a special seat for Bear in the car, all kinds of things like that. And there are a few lessons that I learned from Lincoln's relationship with Bear about my relationship with God and God's relationship with me. So this morning I've come just to share with you a few of the lessons that I've learned from Bear. I learned that there are some things that we cherish so deeply in our lives. But through my relationship with Bear and Lincoln, I learned that God really cherishes us in the same way. In Deuteronomy 14, in fact, speaking to the people of God, God says, you only are a people holy to God, your God. God has chosen you out of all the people on earth as his cherished personal treasure. So through Lincoln and Bear, I got a little bit of a picture of perhaps the way God looks at me and looks at you as his most cherished possession. The first thing I learned from Lincoln and Bear is that when you cherish something, you hold it really close. Bear, Lincoln never let Bear get very far away. He was really close. Even when he was playing with Legos in the floor, he'd kind of sit up Bear to the side so that he could watch and see what was going on. He knew where he was all the time. Sometimes he even brought Bear to me for prayer. <laughs> when he felt like Bear was having an especially difficult day. And often when we found him sleeping, it looked just like this, with Bear just covering his face. He wanted him to be close. God, in the same way, longs for us to be close to him. Psalm 31 says, God takes care of all who come close to him. He keeps his distance from the wicked, but he attends to the prayers of the God-loyal people. It's his desire that we be really close. In fact, in Zechariah, he talks about us being the apple of his eye. I always felt like that was a really strange thing to say. In fact, when I was little, um, my dad would often say, this is my daughter Rhonda, she's the apple of my eye. And I thought, what? I just had visions of eyeballs with apples right in the middle, and I could never quite understand that. But actually, what this means, Gideon, come here really quick. Sorry. That's what you get for sitting on the front row. When you are, the apple of your eye actually talks about when I get close enough to Gideon, so just go with me. I'm not going to, like, give you a kiss or anything in front of everybody. Yeah, okay, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, okay. So when I get close enough to Gideon, and I look in his eyes, I can see my own reflection. That's what it means to be the apple of someone's eye. Thank you, son. So when you, <laughs> when you are the apple of someone's eye, you are the center of their focus. Their gaze is connected directly to you. 
They're watching closely over you. David in Psalms, he cries out to God and he said, God, keep me as the apple of your eye. In other words, don't turn your face from me. Watch over me, help me to be the focus of your attention. God wants us to be so close that when we get up next to his face and we look in his eye, we see a direct reflection of ourselves, the one that he has created. When you cherish something, you want it to be close. In fact, we call ourselves Christians, right? When we believe in in Jesus and Christ means the anointed one and to be a Christian means to be in the anointed one. That's close, right? So we come from God as our source. We're close enough to him to see our reflection. It kind of reminds us of Genesis when he said, I created you, man and woman. In fact, in my own image, I created you. You're a direct reflection of me. Sometimes there are things that clutter the lane and the distance between us and God. Maybe at one point we were close enough to see our reflection and over time choices and messed up relationships or bitterness and unforgiveness or trauma and distraction have come and cluttered the lane between us and him. Today God says you're my cherished treasure. You're my most prized possession. I want to be as close as a whisper to you. He wants us to be close to him. The second lesson I learned from Lincoln and Bear is that when you cherish something, you want to show it off. Show it off. (laughs) That's Lincoln and I on a movie date, and guess who's with us? Bear. Every show and tell, Lincoln took Bear every week for several years here at Bethesda's preschool. And every week I would say, Lincoln, don't you want to take something else? I mean, I'll even bring Lewis. I'll bring Lewis up. The kids can meet him. He's like, no, why would I ever want to take anything other than Bear? He's the best thing I've got. Every time... When a friend was crying, Lincoln would run to get Bear and bring him right next to him because he knew that Bear would bring comfort. Whenever he would be at the park, on the swing, or sliding down the slide in the playground, he had one hand connected to Bear because he knew that Bear always brought joy. He wanted to show him off to everyone. We would have guests in our home and they had to meet Bear. He just knew if someone else could meet Bear, they would feel about him the exact same way that he did. They would see everything Bear had to offer. I think in the same way as God cherishes us, he wants to show us off. John 14 says, the person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things, because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. God has invited us to take part with him in a redemption story that applies to the entire world. He has activated us 
into a mission that brings salvation to everyone. We are his prized possession, so guess what? There is a world that is full of people who need to be introduced to him. So guess who he called? Us, his most cherished possession. So those times that we feel like we should be diminished or we back away into a shadow, I bet he's so disappointed. Just like Lincoln would have been so disappointed if he couldn't find Bear, he says, oh, there's someone that needs to meet me. I have exactly the answer. I know that this one brings so much joy. And I know that this one can inspire and motivate. And I know that this one is kind to those things that are unlovely. So when Jesus has called us, when God has activated us into mission, he has created us and perfectly designed us for this moment of time. So often I hear people saying, man, the world is a mess. And I don't necessarily disagree with them. The world is a mess, it's so different than I expected. Jesus, come quickly. How many times have we prayed that over the last couple of years? And I understand that. However, I wanna push back a little bit on that today. Because I believe that God has purpose for each and every one of us. And he has particularly designed and put us together for today in this place, in this world, at this time. When I look at my sons and I see the world that is so disoriented around them, I could be fearful, yes, absolutely. But instead, I look at them and say, man, God must really believe in you. He knew that you would have what it takes to live today for him in this world, in this moment. He knew that I would be a parent in this world today, in this moment. He knew that you would be a parent, a grandparent. So those times that you think, oh, I'd like to make a difference in my workplace, but I'm not sure how everybody's gonna feel about it. You are the crown of his creation, his most cherished treasure that he has designed exactly to release into this world at this time, in this moment. He wants you to be close enough to see your reflection in his eyes, but he wants to fling open the doors and show you off and share you with the world. The third thing that I learned from Lincoln and Bear is that when you really cherish something, you wanna fix it when it's broken. Bear looked rough. <laughs> the paint on his eyes had been rubbed off. The threads on his mouth and nose were almost completely gone. There were many, many times that we sewed up places in his arm where he had holes, and towards the end of Bear's life, I would find his stuffing displaced <laughs> at various places around our house. There were many times that Lincoln came and asked me to sew up 
bear's arm or paint with a sharpie in his eyeball. And I was always happy to fix what Lincoln called bear's hurting spots. And one day, when I sat with a Sharpie and I was fixing Bear's eyes, because, I mean, he looked really crazy. I mean, you know, when he would, Lincoln would push him out in front of somebody's face, this kid would be like, <laughs> But I was one day sitting in a chair with a Sharpie fixing Bear's eye, and I just felt the Spirit whisper so sweetly to me, Rhonda, I'd, I'd really love to fix your hurting spots too. He cherishes us when he see, sees rips and tears in our own heart and mind. I think his desire is to bring healing and wholeness to us. Psalm 51 um, from the message translation is one that has spoken to me in this way in many times and I would just like to read it to you this morning. Soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and I'll have a snow white life. Tune me into foot tapping songs. Set these once broken bones to dancing. Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from gray exile and put a fresh wind in my sails. Give me a job teaching rebels your ways so the lost can find their way home. Commute my death sentence, God, my salvation, God, and I'll sing anthems to your life-giving ways. Unbutton my lips, dear God. I'll let loose with your praise. Some of us, sometimes when we're praying before the Father, I think we're often saying things like, don't look too close for blemishes or my life is total chaos. Things just seem so out of control. God, would it be possible for you to shape something new out of what looks like just so much crazy? Or maybe anxiety and depression has sent you into what seems like gray exile, like the psalmist is talking about where you feel like you're living in isolation in a totally colorless life. God, is there any way that you could bring me out of this gray haze that I find myself in? Brokenness and love that's been turned to bitterness has ripped holes in our heart. I have good news. The psalmist also says he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. At our house, Bear sometimes would stay broken for quite a while, quite a while. 
Not because I didn't want to fix him or anything, but just because Lincoln would get distracted sometimes and he would just forget to ask. I think I've done that before too. Sometimes maybe I've grown a little bit too comfortable with my hurting spots. And I'd rather just keep them there than to go through the pain that would come through healing. I get a little bit distracted. And it's not because I don't think that God would fix them or wants to make things new, but I've just come a little bit more comfortable. I don't necessarily wanna face all of that scrubbing that would come with making me new again. So I've just decided that I will just, in order to, to cover all of the scars and all of those hurting places, maybe it would just be easier if I just wear a mask. Maybe if I just put something up in front of what's really there, people would see that and they wouldn't be so distracted by those scared scars or those places maybe that are, aren't as beautiful as I wish they would. But I know I've discovered that when I do that, when I choose to live with all of the hurting spots, not only is my life unfulfilled and dry, but God just can't do everything he desires to do through me. Remember, it's his desire to show us off. So when I choose to live with all of the pain, rather than experiencing the short pain that would lead to healing, I just miss it sometimes. When I think that God probably looks at me a lot like I looked at Bear. Understanding all of the joy and all of the comfort and all of the pleasure that he brought to Lincoln. Today, God wants to be close. He wants to be close to us. Close enough, in fact, that we could even gaze into his eyes and see what he sees about us. He sees the perfect creation that was designed to do exactly what he is asking you to do. With no fear and no condemnation and no worry about all of those scars, he desires to be close. He desires to show us off. If Lincoln would have kept Bear in his room and not introduced him to the guests that we had in our house, <laughs> we would have all missed out on a really good laugh, first of all. But Lincoln would have been so disappointed. And I think that God looks at us and all of the desire and the purpose that he has for our life. And he isn't disappointed by what we offer he is grateful that we are willing to share our story as a testament to his faithfulness and the sustaining power of his spirit. He wants to fix all of the hurting spots, all of the places that have become familiar to us, the places of pain, 
those choices that we wish we had made a little bit differently, those habits and hang-ups that we have that we really would prefer weren't there. His desire is to make them new. Bring me back from gray exile, God. Make a Genesis week, a new beginning out of the chaos that I see in front of me. You are his cherished treasure. Would you stand with me today? These were some pretty simple lessons that I learned from Lincoln and Bear, but they are much more difficult to activate. So today I just come asking, offering these lessons as maybe a place of turnaround for you. If you wouldn't mind, just close your eyes and bow your head today. And some of you may say, Rhonda, I would love to be close enough to God to see my reflection in his eyes. (laughs) I would love that. But I am a yell and a scream and a shout away from him, not a whisper. I don't know how to clear out all of the clutter and all of the junk that is between us. I don't really even know where to start. But I would love to. If that lane was clutter-free, I would run as fast as I can to him. If that's you today, would you just lift a hand so I could pray for you? I have good news for you. As fast as you're coming towards him, he's coming even faster toward you. He has been chasing you, waiting for this moment. There may be some of you who say, I am nothing to be shown off by God. I am disappointed in what's happened so far. I sense maybe God has something for me or maybe there's something I could do for him, but I'm just not sure if I'm ready to step out of a shadow. I'm just not so sure if anybody really knew, if they really found out, if they really saw me for who I am, surely, surely he wouldn't really want them to see me. If that's you, would you just lift a hand today? I'd love to pray for you. Thank you. Finally, I think there might be some of you, and me too, that have brought all of your hurting spots in today. You'd say, I have just gotten distracted and I've got so used to this mask that I wear and all of the things that I use to disguise my own life that could he possibly do something new? If that's you, would you just lift a hand? Mm-hmm. Wow. I have good news for all of you today. 
He comes near to the brokenhearted. He desires to make all things new. So we say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Would you hover over your people in the same way that you hovered over all of that vast darkness and created something new? God, would you hover over our lives and create and regenerate and make something new out of what has seemed chaos? Lord, would you draw us, would you clear the lanes? God, we're thankful for your forgiveness, for your forgiveness that clears all the clutter and makes plenty of space and room for us to run to you. Spirit of God, come and move and activate faith on the inside of your people so that no more would they hide behind a mask or in the shadows oh, I'd love to join that group or I'd love to be a part of that ministry or I'd love to talk to that coworker. Would you create in them a sense of courage? Would you help them to see what you see when you look at them? Would you show them off to a world that so desperately needs the story of grace and mercy that comes directly from your cross? And God, would you bring healing Lord, I hold every broken place and every scar and every hole and every empty spot before you, Jesus. And I ask, oh God, would you sew us up? Would you give us a fresh coat? Would you breathe life on the inside of us? God, would you bring healing to all of those places, Jesus? Do in everyone today what you have so graciously and mercifully done in my life. Spirit, come and move and create and have your way. Amen.